This is Company. I'm Sky Manson. Company is a podcast produced in rural Australia, telling stories of ambitious women in the bush, the cities, and all over the world. Today, I've decided to bring you a bonus episode for two reasons. Number one, I think today's guest is a pretty cool chick and someone you just need to know. And number two, I thought it was a good chance to tell you about the Women Behind Wool initiative that myself and my very good friend Penny Ashby are running right now. For the next six weeks or so, we want you to follow our at Women Behind Wool account on Instagram and then take a look and a listen at the short films and podcasts telling you the stories of some of the most impressive women behind the Australian wool industry. The idea of the initiative is to shine a light on all the women doing wonderful things in the wool industry. We have interviewed a swag of really impressive people and we're hoping that you can learn lots about wool and also learn about how beautiful the fibre is to touch, feel and wear. As we're in the initial stages of building this community, we do need all the help that we can get. So, as well as following us on Instagram, the community will reach further and grow faster if you could just take two minutes to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, and then tap out a small review. Thank you. Now, I want you to meet Atty Mitchell. She was one of the women to first take the stage for our Women Behind Wool project. Atty is a catwalk model. In fact, she used to be the global face for Louis Vuitton. But she's also a farm girl who loves nothing more than being in the sheepyards with a drenching gun in hand. To me, her story is just so fascinating and it goes to show that anyone can do anything and that farm life really is the best. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, I'm Attie Mitchell. Um, I grew up on the farm on and off around here all my life and um, I'm actually a model full-time but whenever I can come home I I try to make it home to help out with the work. So when with your childhood days that you were here do tell me about some of your memories. That one's so hard I have so many memories like millions but um, most of them invo- involve um, horses most of them invo- involve riding um, I can't remember the age we started, but I don't think we got motorbikes on the property until I was around 11. So it was heavily horse-based as a kid, um, which I absolutely loved. Mustering on horseback is my favourite thing. Um, and Why? It's just so much fun. It's just so liberating. There's no, no other feeling. Like a horse is a bit more unreliable and fun and exciting and there's just no better feeling than being able to gallop across the paddock. <laughs> motorbikes are fun, but it's just not the same effect. Um, but then I think a lot of my other memories involve Tink, who is what I call Caroline, um, and mum teaching me basically everything I know in the yards. Um, and Bob as well, who's Tink's right-hand man. Um, but yeah, I, I, everything I've learned, I've learned from them on the, on the property. And what are those things, the jobs in the yards? Oh, everything, drenching, inoculating, tagging. Um, mustering, the whole shebang really. Yeah, everything. And I love it so much. Anything with livestock, I adore. 
the fencing and stuff like that, which I know you said you love. <laughs> I can't stand it. I can't stand it. But anything involving livestock's my favorite thing. I just find that so exciting. You love drenching too. I do love drenching too. I'm more of an inoculator. Okay. Yeah, give me the needle and I'm good to go. <laughs> um, Mum's more of the drencher. I'm the I'm the inoculator behind her. Dream team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With Tink calling out the orders from the shed. Yes, exactly. Sitting and watching by telling us what we have and haven't done. <laughs> so tell me about shearing time. You're obviously back here taking holidays, I presume. Why do you come home for shearing? This is actually my first year being back in, I can't even tell you how long. I've usually been overseas every time we've been doing it. But um, it's just such an amazing break from being in the city and being able to slow down for a minute, although it's not really slowing down slowing down and mentally I guess and then speeding up physically um it's just a different kind of lifestyle that I've always enjoyed but coming home for shearing I guess it means so much as well like we've been talking about everyone can be together everyone's there to reap what you sow and everything pays off when it comes to shearing you know you really get to see it all come to life which is pretty incredible for me also shearing is like I just love the fact that you can touch and feel the fleeces in their entirety and you know the lanolin from the wool and the smell and everything associated with that too. Um, Tell me how you feel about wool and fleeces. I mean I think one of my other favorite things about shearing would have to be you actually see and it reminds you where it comes from. You see a woolen jumper and you go oh that's wool great it feels nice I love wearing wool but you forget that it actually comes from an animal you forget the effort and the amount of stuff you have to go through to get from the sheep to the actual garment itself which is so incredible to see um and then obviously as we've been talking about the sustainability and um of wool is something that's becoming really really popular you know people are really passionate about sustainability now so um seeing all that firsthand is just such an amazing reminder of where everything comes from and the hard work everyone has to put in so can you tell me a little bit about your life as a model how did that come about um that is a funny story actually I think I was about 14 I was at the Robertson show down in the southern highlands and I was walking around with a group of girlfriends and someone came up to me she was wearing a bluetooth in her ear and hunter gumboots and looked really official I guess and I was like oh my god I've done something wrong she's coming up to me to get me in trouble for something I've being a brat or being a kid about and she came up to me and said hey have you ever thought about modeling here's my card and just hand it to me and walked away and I kind of sort of stood there going oh my god this can't be real called mum and dad I think they were kind of convinced it was a bit of a scam they were like no 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 like this doesn't just happen um and then I got scouted a few more times and then um the agency I'm actually with now that I've been with since I first started when I did work experience with them when I was about 15 and they offered me a contract then but um Mum and said, no, no, not until you finish school. That's very important, which I am very grateful grateful for, I agree. Yeah, and then the week I finished school, they kind of sent me a message and said, hey, that contract's there if you want it. So I went, I don't know what I want to do yet, so why not? And I've been doing it ever since, five years later. I don't know anything about modelling. What do you do? What does your work involve? Um, I mean, the, the main big jobs are either photo shoots or runway shows. Every day is different. You do castings, which is... It's kind of like an audition, I guess, um, when you go and take your your portfolio in and they have a look at you and they take your photo and you have a chat and get to know them and then you find out if you've got the job or not. Um, there's fittings where they see if you look good in the clothes or if they find try to find out what outfit they want to put you in or what how they want to style you. But um, 
I mean, every day is different. Sometimes you can go weeks without a job. Sometimes you're working every day in a week. So it's pretty um, unpredictable. And is most of your work based in Australia? It is at the moment. Um, It has been for the last year and a half, almost two years. Um, But before then, I was living in London and then New York. Yeah, so I'm very excited to get over there again eventually when all this COVID stuff's over. Amazing. So did your agency take you to those countries and what was was that mostly catwalk stuff or contract or so I was sent over I, I had an agency in Milan that my agency in Sydney set me up with and they sent me over to Milan which is where I got my first big contract which was um the most incredible thing I've ever done um that was a runway um contract so I was with them for a few seasons and I would do photo shoots in between for magazines and stuff like that a lot of editorial can you tell me a bit more about that? Was that with one particular company? Um, so that was Louis Vuitton. They were my um, my biggest client at the time. So I became the face of the brand, which was my first big break, which was amazing. It was the most life-changing experience I've ever had, which was actually also really exciting in Australia because it grew a lot of traction for the um, where I came from and my upbringing. So we did a few articles for Woolmark and stuff like that about, you know, farm to fashion all those kinds of things which was really really cool and that's I guess where the story started about Tink and mum and all those kind of things growing up on the farm with them and working alongside them. You couldn't get it much better than that could you that's amazing. (laughs) No I don't I mean yeah I think that was the thing everyone kind of went wow you went straight to the top where do you go from here and I said the same thing I was like I don't know what to do now I feel like I've peaked. Um, but no, it was amazing. It was life changing. And then, yeah, it, it changed my whole career really. Yeah. Tell, tell me what it's like walking down, um, a catwalk. So you do get taught how to walk down a runway. They do, um, they do little lessons at the agency. I think I was about 17 the first time I learned. And I remember so vividly being on the front veranda of the agency. They were in a terrace house in Potts Point in a bikini with my agent blasting Madonna at the top of the speakers and Kylie Minogue yelling at me, faster, 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 faster. As I walked up and down, people were literally stopping on the street to look at me and stare, which I thought was the most embarrassing thing in the world. But yeah, exactly. He was like, well, look, if you don't get used to it now, then you never will. But the adrenaline you feel walking down that runway is just unbelievable. I actually forget to hold my breath. I, I hold my breath. I forget to breathe. But it's incredible. There's nothing else like it. You just get such a rush. And it's also the fun part is you meet all these other girls. You know, the shows have 30 to 60 girls, sometimes more, and guys too. And the friends you make and the the people you meet, that's really exciting as well. So during um, Fashion Week, I suppose that's your busiest time, how many how many times would you have to walk down the catwalk? Oh, it depends on the on the city and the the season, but I, sometimes up to four or five in a day would probably have been my biggest day ever, um, which can be exhausting. It's pretty draining. Um, there are usually a few tears by the end of the fashion month overseas because you're just so tired and you just want to go home and sleep in your own bed instead of a hotel room and be around your friends and family again. But it is so exciting and there's really nothing like it. Yeah, I suppose it's like a marathon that you have to kind of get through and really look after yourself. But also I'm guessing that it's quite a time of celebration as well. It is. The the happy medium between celebrating and looking after yourself can be very difficult because <laughs> obviously all the, show, the brands have fashion parties after and stuff like that. So it's 
kind of telling yourself to draw the line at midnight and go, okay, I need to get up at 5am for my next show tomorrow morning. But yeah, it, it's definitely a fine line between celebrating and, and enjoying yourself and looking after yourself. Who are the most impressive people that you met during that time? That's a hard one. There are so many. Um, I think for me, it, it, it's mainly the designers and the, the hair and makeup artists and the photographers. I mean, you some of them have been amazing. Um, Pat McGrath, who's a really, really prominent makeup artist who is just incredible. Um, obviously, working with Nicolas Gasquet at um, Louis Vuitton, who's the women's designer, was such a privilege. And I became really close with him. We had a very close close relationship. You know, he would style and fit the clothes on me and stuff like that. So um, that was pretty incredible. Um, but so, so many talented, amazing people. I mean, I don't even really know where to begin, to be honest. Yeah. And having such a kind of well you're, you're like talking with them if they're fitting you and stuff so that's quite sort of intimate so they would get an insight into your life at home right did they take an interest in farming and wool um definitely I'm not sure so much about the farming but they were definitely intrigued about the wool part um I mean I kind of did become I guess the token Aussie farm girl that was that happened very quickly yeah, exactly. It was great. I mean, I think they just love Aussies in general. Anywhere you go, people love Australians. But the the country farm girl really drove it in. Everyone was quite fascinated by that. Okay, so that brings me to wool on the catwalk and in fashion. How much is there and what's it, how's it perceived at the moment? There's actually a lot more than you would think. Um, obviously, especially in autumn, winter, that's the biggest one. You know, everyone wants to have their rugged up woolly warm clothes but um it's pretty prevalent I think um I did a job for Country Road last year the year before where we actually went to Tasmania to Ross in the middle of basically the heart of Tasmania and we went back and they've been doing this program where you can trace the wool where your jumper was made from and kind of trace back to the station it was from or the property it was from which was pretty incredible so I got to be the face of that which was really cool it's, it's really, really common. I mean, now the hype is sustainability. That's all everyone wants. They're really, really into it. So, I mean, wool is obviously one of the most sustainable fabrics and materials out there. And durability, you want something that's going to be organic, something that's going to last a long time. Yeah, everyone's getting really, really into it. Yeah. And what about you yourself? Do you wear much wool? Most of my wool is actually probably from mum's hand-me-down big jumpers, like the big comfy ones. Um, I wear a lot of wool when I'm here at home on the farm, a few woolen blazers, um, a few wool like suit pants and stuff like that. But most of my wool things are pretty basic and, you know, it's like one or two big items that I've spent a bit of money on. Um, But I do love wool. I think I need to get more into it actually, especially as it gets colder. (laughs) Well, that's the thing too with wool that you do. There's quite an outlay, but it's definitely a forever piece. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, I mean, mum's always taught me that you buy something that will last forever you know it's about the quality not the quantity so it is one of those things if I'm going to buy something wool I want it to be something beautiful that I get a lot of wear out of. And so you said that you're looking forward to getting back into lots of travel and things like that so how how much yeah what what are you looking forward to in with your fashion career and how long do you think that will go on for? Oh going on for that's a hard question I'm really not sure I'd like to be able to do it for the rest of my life to be honest you know just have a normal job and do other things as well, but always have modeling there on the side because it is something I really enjoy. Um, But getting back overseas, I think I would love to get back into the high fashion side of things again, do the fashion weeks, um, 
and sort of move back overseas again, to be honest, go back to London and start a home there again. Yeah, see where it takes me. Despite all this, you still come home though for shearing. Is that because you made to or because you want to? <laughs> that is absolutely because I want to. I think maybe when I was, I don't know, I guess like 15 or something, it would have been a made to because obviously you want to be with your friends having parties and having fun. But this is, I, I think as soon as mum said I'm, we're doing shearing, I was like, oh, I'm coming home. I'm coming home straight away. Yeah. And uh, this is the question that I've asked to everybody, but when you stand back and have a think about your family and uh, your Tink and, and your mum being on the farm together and you helping out and the three generations of women, what does that mean to you? Oh, I think it's amazing. I mean, it's no secret. I think I've written a lot about Tink in um, interviews that I've done and saying that she's someone that I really look up to and aspire to be, but um, mum as well. I think especially more recently when she's come more into the into the um, farm and helping out more and seeing the way she's handled it and the way that mum and Tink work together. It's something I really, really looked up, look up to and to work alongside them is, I mean, I look forward to it. It's something that brings me home, something that makes me want to come home. It's been so fascinating to meet you. Thanks for telling us a little bit about your life, Addie. Thank you for having me. It was so special. I'm really, really happy to be here. <laughs> If you want to hear more from Attie and her mother Caroline and her grandmother Tink, I'll put a link to the full Women Behind Wool podcast and short film in the show notes. Or you can go to womenbehindwool.com.au to see all of our films and the gorgeous pictures and resources that are there. Penny and I would love so much as well if you could take a minute to share women behind wool with just two or three of your fashion loving buddies to help spread the love for wool which of course in our eyes and hopefully yours too is the most beautiful fiber in the world i'll be back at the beginning of june with a new series of company i can't wait to bring it to you and in the meantime i'll be in touch via my newsletter company on sundays 